You're listening to Campus Review Radio. To register for our upcoming Higher Equity Summit, examining the various barriers to equality in higher education, visit campusreview.com.au and follow the links to Higher Equity Summit. We are at the dawn of a new era in skills, in training and in workplace development. The economy is growing rapidly and it's changing direction and composition at a rate previously unseen and our workforce must adapt to cater to the needs of the new economy. The importance of a highly specifically skilled workforce to our growing New South Wales economy cannot be understated. The greatest threat, the ultimate handbrake, isn't going to be from a lack of government or private sector investment, resources or ideas. It will be the lack of human resource, a skilled workforce. June 2016 figures indicated that 32% of the employees in Australia work here in New South Wales. And as our economy continues to grow at a faster rate than most other states, that percentage will continue to see New South Wales skilled workforce demand grow and become further stressed. As a state, we are the first economy in Australia to have a net worth above half, half a trillion dollars. And our economy is leading in diversity with the largest manufacturing, retail, transport, financial and professional services, health and education sectors anywhere in Australia. Then there is, of course, the New South Wales government's historic investment of, of $73 billion over the next four years in rebuilding New South Wales by investment in building enabling infrastructure and of course, stimulating the construction industry. We are a dynamic service and construction rich economy and our continued and future success is reliant upon the ability to continue to provide a steady and growing supply of workers to these existing industries, but the new industries of tomorrow. Even though we are meeting a large part of current need through migration, both domestically and internationally, Skills and workforce development in New South Wales is not without its challenges, especially over the next decade. An ageing workforce, youth unemployment, ever-changing technology and ongoing structural adjustments across all industries, the New South Wales Government needs to respond with dynamism and direction to ensure an ongoing, our ongoing competitive advantage. The Government's record-breaking investment in infrastructure coupled with the increasing rates of growth in building activity in New South Wales has spurred an unprecedented demand for construction, trades and professional skills. Current and future nation building infrastructure such as Sydney Second International Airport, Sydney Light Rail and West Connects can only be enabled by a highly specialised and readily mobilised workforce of construction specialists, engineers, builders, planners architects, project managers and experts, just to name a few. We must use this period of economic prosperity delivered off the back of both the government and private sector investment and leaving a legacy of opportunity for young people to gain skills today for the jobs of tomorrow. The Masters Builders Association predicts a need for over 300,000 new workers in their industry over the next decade. When you compare that against the backdrop of their current workforce of being just over a million right across the nation, achieving this 30% increase in the workforce can only be achieved by overcoming the current skill shortages through innovative policy responses. The New South Wales Government has implemented several strategies to help remedy the skill shortages, included 
including the Infrastructure Skills Legacy Program, which will harness the historic investment by government in infrastructure here in New South Wales by partnering with local projects to set minimum, of course, employment targets and training requirements for the project's workforce. An example of this has been the Barangaroo Skills Exchange, with the establishment and in partnership with Lendlease and the support of TAFE New South Wales and the Construction and Property Services Industry Skills Council. Through Lendlease as an industry partner and through the 10,000 plus workers that have undertaken training through the 600 plus subcontractors on the Barangaroo site, many of these workers would never have had the chance to engage in work-based skilling to the degree that they have without the innovation and the delivery program of the BSX down at Barangaroo. More than 10,000 workers trained have completed more than one qualificational skill set. In fact, over 18,000 accredited training outcomes have been achieved since 2013, and we will see over 50,000 individual learning outcomes delivered for employees working at the Barangaroo site in the hit over its 10-year life of that construction. These employees are learning everything from literacy and numeracy through to industry-specific skills like construction trades. Now, this concept of creating a legacy of highly skilled, already mobilised workers that are skill-ready for other construction activities across their region is exactly the kind of skills investment that helps industry do what it does best. The New South Wales Government is supporting skills development, workforce growth in New South Wales with the rollout of the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Historically, health and social service industries have led job creation in New South Wales since 2004. The NDIS alone is expected to demand more than 26,000 additional full-time equivalent workers here in New South Wales by 2019. In response, we are investing a further $10 million in additional training places in courses that directly support the delivery of the NDIS including for qualifications in disability, community services, Auslan and aged care. The new $100 million Smart, Skilled and Hide program will also link a remedy for youth unemployment directly to the needs of industry and our economy by incentivising young people and employers to promote upskilling, exposure and experience in both the construction, health and social services industries by creating a linkage between the requirements of the NDIS, our infrastructure skills legacy projects, and the many young people in New South Wales who are actively looking for work, we can mobilise a ready and keen workforce directly into industry with a, work, with a huge workforce growth requirement between now and 2020. The New South Wales Government also currently is reviewing apprenticeships and traineeships here in New South Wales to ensure that the apprenticeships and traineeships that are meeting the current and emerging skill needs of industry and the state, while providing, of course, an attractive and relevant career pathway for young people today. Since the heyday of apprenticeships and traineeships, we've seen a greater casualisation of the workforce, raising the school leaving age to 17, an increase in the average wages and conditions of apprentices, including competency-based wage progression and completion under modern awards the introduction of entitlement funding for vet providers and an increase in the allowable flexibility in training models and systems. But we must ask whether, in light of these developments, apprenticeships and traineeships are the modern, flexible and attractive career pathways that our industries and our economies need them to be. I look forward to reading the submissions to this review 
after they closed in September 19, and to the ongoing public meetings and stakeholder consultation and discussions that will form part of the creation of a new apprenticeships and trainee system here in New South Wales. Now, outside of key growth areas in construction, health and social services, we cannot ignore the number one projected growth sector for future jobs in here in Australia. Science, technology, engineering, maths or STEM. The ABS estimates that STEM-related jobs, including information and communications, professionals and engineers, have grown at an average rate one and a half times that of any other jobs in the past decade. We also know that up to 75% of the fastest growing occupations require some level of STEM skills or knowledge. We simply cannot ignore the role that these vital skills will play in our workforce and in our economy in the future. The rollout of the National Broadband Network is a great example of the kind of large-scale project and investment that requires STEM skills. However, the data tells us that the growth in STEM qualified portion of the workforce is slower than the average and that student, school student participation and performance in STEM areas is declining. The New South Wales Government is prepared and that the workers of today are ready for the jobs of tomorrow. The new $25 million four-year Jobs of Tomorrow Scholarships Program, providing $1,000 scholarships to students undertaking STEM-related qualifications, is one but program. Plus opportunities for scholarship recipients to partner with our private partners in STEM industry to gain practical on-the-job experience and additional opportunities including mentoring, networking and work placement. Since the inception of the Jobs of Tomorrow program at the beginning of 2016, we've seen just over 1,000 students who received a scholarship to assist them in their STEM-related studies. Programs like this will help ensure the flexibility of the New South Wales workforce to meet the needs of industry and the economy in the future. But more needs to be done so that we don't lose our best and brightest, our innovative and our entrepreneurial abroad. The New South Wales Government will announce later in the year a significant new and exciting approach in the STEM space. Outside of our programs responses and practical accomplishments to developing skills in New South Wales, our vocational and education training system must be considered in a broader context. On 1 January 2015, the biggest reform ever undertaken in New South Wales vocational and education and training sector began under Smart and Skilled. Smart and Skilled has unearthed a new era of choice, flexibility and quality in vocational education and training for all students. Smart and Skill has for the first time linked subsidised training to the identified needs of the workforce and the economy via the New South Wales Skills Board and the Skills List, which directs government resources towards targeting training in the areas which are most likely to lead to employment outcomes. Smart and Skill has seen the regulation of prices and fees meaning for the first time in New South Wales, students are guaranteed of paying the same price for the course or qualification, no matter which provider they choose, public or private, small or large, specialised or not. Providers in New South Wales are now competing on quality and are held to standards by the New South Wales Quality Framework, driving up the overall quality of training and the associated training outcomes across New South Wales. Smarter School was designed with the principles of equity and social justice, and it provides specific support for disadvantaged learners from a variety of backgrounds, including Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, learners with low, uh, low socioeconomic backgrounds, students with a disability, and of course, and very importantly, students from regional and remote areas. A system of fee exemptions, fee concessions and loadings are applied to remove barriers to entry for those cohorts and to compensate 
providers for the extra cost, cost, of cost of providing training and education to these students. Leveling the playing field and removing access problems are critical for the success of these groups. Of critical importance to Smarter School has been the continuing support for driving efficiencies and effectiveness in our public training provider, TAFE New South Wales. TAFE New South Wales continues to be the largest provider here in New South Wales and across the nation, but it needs to adapt to the changing competitive vet landscape. Five weeks ago, I announced, a, I announced a, the largest single reform to TAFE New South Wales that will see it become a responsive, flexible and efficient public provider focused on meeting industry needs in ways never before and through private sector principles being accountable and answerable for the best use of the public dollar. Smart and Skilled has also been about increasing contestability, improving access to training and providing choice and flexibility for students and employers when choosing qualification and providers. The recent review of Smart and Skilled by the New South Wales Skills Board, which was completed in April of 2016, indicated that the current framework requires some refinement but the fundamental underlying approach to the skills and the market of vocation and education and training is sound and should be further built upon. In response to the review, the New South Wales Government released its direction statement for VET here in New South Wales, which outlines the next steps in the smarter skilled reforms. We are also leading the way in identifying what our future VET system looks like. The New South Wales Government is engaged in a, in a unique collaborative research partnership with the University of Sydney, the University of Technology Sydney and the University of Melbourne. A key focus of this partnership will be trialling of a capabilities approach uh, to VET qualifications, taking the original concepts from Willihan and Buchanan and others and piling it, piling it on the ground. Our work in this space will provide an evidence base for whether a capabilities approach leads to better outcomes for students, employers and the economy and will help New South Wales inform the national agenda regarding training product reform. And speaking of the national agenda, it's certainly worth noting that New South Wales is the only part of a much, much larger picture when it comes to vocational education. Anyone who has read the news in the past year will have likely seen articles about significant growth in the fee-for-service delivery under the Commonwealth Government's VET fee-help system and the subsequent problems and unethical practices of only a small number of shonky providers who have damaged, of course, the reputation of vet delivery. The damage that this has caused to the support for the vet system across Australia must be actively and rapidly addressed. What we cannot afford is for the ongoing problems with the vet fee help scheme to continue to affect enrolment numbers and undermine student confidence in our system. But we must move away from the focus of more enrolments Instead, a focus on improving completion rates. Vet fee help was an enrolment demand driven model that paid no attention to delivery quality or completion rates. And that is why it has become the major disaster it is today. The Commonwealth Government's review and proposed design, redesign of vet fee help should be completed as a matter of urgency. There is significant demand for enhanced regulation of providers and a clean up of any rogue operators. The challenge will be uh, regaining the confidence of students and employers in the vet sector whilst protecting consumers' interests without imposing red tape on, on providers, operations that stifles innovation, deliver, innovative delivery and responsiveness to emerging needs in the skilled market. This will be the test for uh, a model of national consistencies that all states and territories here in Australia have been working towards in conjunction with the Commonwealth. 
So far, we have achieved the establishment of a national qualification framework, the mutual recognition of training credentials awarded across jurisdictional lines, national reporting of training data, and national regulations for training providers. But the work cannot end here. The recent reforms under the National Partnership Agreement on Skills Reform have seen states and territories implementing a national training entitlement with different designs. Provider eligibility for delivering training and student eligibility for receiving government subsidised training continues to vary across states and territories, and multi-state employers continue to find the systems to access funded training difficult to navigate. New South Wales is leading a harmonisation project under the auspices of the Coag Industry Skills Council, with the view of limiting the barriers to access and that some, of, uh, some across the, uh, the borders are presenting to students and to industry. Progress has been made in respect to both information sharing between jurisdictions and subcontracting and brokering arrangements that cross state borders. And New South Wales will be pushing hard to balance the need for national consistency with autonomous state and territories that require the flexibility to design and implement policies and programs that cater for their local skills need and the needs of employers and employees accessing VET systems in multiple jurisdictions. It's a long and complex tale of policy space that has long been plagued by challenges and differences of opinion. Many governments of all colours, state and federal, have contributed much disruption to a sector that was also reluctant for reform. Here in New South Wales, we remain confident that through the continued enhancement and proactive approach of Smart and Skill, in conjunction with our legacy programs and projects and a review of apprenticeships and traineeships, our, our position in our workforce to meet the needs of not only today's economy, but the growing economy of the future. But government does not have all the answers. This can only be achieved in partnership with training providers and industry, and through collaboration, we must embrace this new era in skills, training and workforce development. I look forward to the report of CEDARS and taking into account its findings to further and uh, refine smart and skilled and other skills policies and programs of the New South Wales Government. And it's great to see CEDAR making sure we continue to put VET on the conversation agenda as for far too long it has not given the respect it so rightly deserved. It's only through this process of openness, research and refinement that we will facilitate a system of continual improvement with a view to creating a great skills legacy for our state and our great nation. Thank you.